What's up? I'm back and today we are doing a little bit of Bible study. I'm going to be digging into Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 in the ESV translation. This particular verse begins with do not be anxious about anything. So if you've been feeling anxious or overwhelmed or just uneasy, whether you've identified the reason or not, I hope you'll join me today. I hope you have your Bible. It would be helpful to have a notebook or somewhere to take some notes. Um, but if you don't, if you're driving, that's okay. Just enjoy the episode. And my prayer is that at the end of this episode, you would just be encouraged and you'd be reminded about who God is, about how good he is and how he's always with us. And he knows how you feel, right? That's why we have all of these little bits of encouragement sprinkled throughout the word especially these very specific commands reminding us to not be anxious about anything. How did he know? How did he know we'd be anxious? Gosh. <laughs> grab something warm, maybe some chamomile tea, or if you're not in the mood for anything warm, just grab a water. We're not going to do coffee today if you're feeling anxious. Let's bring ourselves down, get ourselves in the right frame of mind, and really lean in. Let's go. Listening to Her Renewed Strength, the podcast, a place where you, my sisters in Christ, are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well, steward well, and set your minds on eternity. I'm your host, Erica Diaz Castro, your Jesus loving Puerto Rican life coach. If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with? If you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party, and let's dig into today's episode. So today I'm actually reading from my day two notes of the It Is Well Anxiety Study by the Daily Grace Co., so if you're not already in the Facebook group, definitely head on over and join us. I did It Is Well back in October, and we did Emotions in the Heart in January. So if you are looking for a good Bible study, if you're in need of something for anxiety, or if you're looking for something that really speaks to those big feelings you're working through and experiencing, those two studies are really great, very thorough, and very much um, you know, rooted in truth. They're not really talking about the things that are fluffy and not getting to the root of some of the things that we experience. So I highly recommend those. And if you don't have that, or if you want to just check them out for yourself before you purchase anything, you can always check them out inside the Facebook group. I have gone live every day for each of those studies. So it's one of those things where if you are not in the habit of studying the word every day, this is a really great introduction to that. And I guide you through it, share all my notes, all the good things. So today, this is day two of It Is Well Anxiety Study. And the primary verse that was studied in that particular study book is Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. So different translations 
I'll read the CSB first, the Christian Standard Bible. It says, Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In the ESB, English Standard Version, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then in the New King James Version, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So let's get into a little bit of background. First, this is a letter to the Philippians. It's an epistle written by the Apostle Paul. And it was written in about 61 or 62 AD. Uh, Major themes of the epistle to the Philippians, the letter to the Philippians, include endurance amidst strife. We know that strife is a sin of the flesh, which is referenced in Galatians chapter 5. So definitely check that out. So endurance amid strife and growing in affection toward God. Some keywords here, and this is information that I'm pulling from the Bible handbook, also by the Daily Grace Co. Obviously, I really like a lot of their resources. I highly recommend it. Some of the keywords are suffering and thanksgiving. Little bit of background. Uh, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. And this is a church that was he was well acquainted with. In Acts chapter 16, we learn that Philippi was a large city. Um, it was a Roman colony located in Macedonia. And he visited this city along with Timothy on their missionary journey. So, you know, he shares the gospel with a woman named Lydia who listened, believed, and was baptized. And she persuaded them to stay at her house for several days. You know, while they were there, they were flogged and then imprisoned. So here's the thing. Every time anxiety comes up in the New Testament, Paul is either in jail or being pursued. You know, he's in one of, in his letter to Timothy, he is, um, I think it's a second letter to Timothy. He is awaiting his own execution. Like there's a lot of reasons for this guy to be anxious. And he's the one writing to the church at Philippi. So, you know, one of the things that I thought was very interesting is that in the Christian Standard Bible version, this section is called or titled Practical Counsel, which is an interesting title to me because it could just be taken as like an encouragement, but he's actually giving advice. In the... ESV in the English Standard Version, this section is titled Exhortation, Encouragement, and Prayer. Okay. Don't be anxious. It's a command and it's followed up by a few other commands, commands that are practical, how to do it and what to do, right? Paul identifies a fleshly temptation, which is to be anxious. And before I even go any further, I just want to remind you that if you suffer from the chemical imbalance that causes, you know, generalized anxiety disorder. The general anxiety disorder generalizes anxiety disorder. Um, the disorder that is a mental health issue, and you might need medication, things like that. That's not what I'm talking about, right? Like we're talking about having maybe circumstances that prompt anxiety. For example, B12 
being persecuted for your faith, awaiting a death sentence. You're on death row. Like that might prompt some anxiety, not because of a chemical imbalance, but because of the circumstances. So just keep that in mind. Okay. So he identifies a fleshly temptation, which is to be anxious. He says, in effect, instead of being anxious, let your requests be known. He doesn't say that because God doesn't know what you want or what you desire. God knows. But when you have a relationship with God, when you're, when you are participating in a relationship, God wants us to be open. It's kind of like if you're a parent, right? Think about it this way. As a parent, you are watching the development of your kids, right? Like you see them from the time that they're born to the time that, you know, you don't see them anymore. And you understand what motivates them. You understand what excites them, what discourages them, you know? You know what they want before they know what they want. That doesn't mean that you don't want them to ask. So, for example, my daughter, this girl always wants those little cake pops from Starbucks, right? I know that. I know every day if we pass a Starbucks or if I pick up coffee from Starbucks, she's going to ask, Where's, can I have a lollipop donut? I know that she's going to ask me for that. In anticipation of that, I'll order one in advance. But sometimes I don't. And then she asks me. Or sometimes I order it and I don't give it to her or show her that I got it for her because I want her to be open with me that's part of being in a relationship just because i know what she wants doesn't mean that i don't want her to tell me so think of it that way okay so instead of being anxious let your requests be known he tells us how to do that through prayer and supplication prayer is essentially conversing with the lord right and then supplication is defined as the action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. So there's a posture there. There's this encouragement to not be anxious. Like, hey, don't be anxious. It's a command, essentially. And then how do you do that? You know, how do you make your request known? By praying and through supplication, which is a posture, a humble posture. The act, the action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. Okay, like a petition through prayer and petition, right? Okay. He also offers a reminder of the proper posture for our hearts to take as we approach the Lord, not just humility, but with thanksgiving. So in addition to prayer and supplication, we should be approaching the throne of God with thanksgiving in our hearts. Why? Because there is a level of gratitude that we should have already whether we have food in our bellies or not. Why? Because in Christ, we have eternal salvation. So our bodies will perish here, whether we eat today or not. Death is guaranteed, but we overcome death. And that is a promise that is made to us and that is fulfilled in Christ. And we are thankful, if not for anything else, for that, which is greater than everything else. In everything, in everything, there are no limits on what we can pray for or over and what requests can be made or presented to the Lord. That doesn't mean that you pray for things that are at odds with what would be pleasing unto God. When we're praying, we should be praying for whatever aligns with his will. Let your will be done. 
right? Okay, so I shared with you verse 6. Now, I'm going to back up a little bit. I'm going to go to verses 4 and 5 in the same chapter. And I'm going to stay in the ESV because I've been here for a little bit. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Now, I think it's very interesting that this word reasonableness is the word that's that's used. So I'm going to look up this translation for you. It says reasonableness, but really the Greek word is, oh Lord, help me, epiekis. I think that's how you say it. And it translates to gentle spirit, okay? So your reasonableness is actually a gentle spirit, okay? And we know that gentleness is a fruit of the spirit, so keep that in mind, right? So in Philippians chapter 4, verse 5, let your reasonableness be known to everyone is really saying let your gentleness, let your gentle spirit be known to everyone. When you are anxious, how do you treat other people? Do you snap at people? Do you shut down? Do you get cranky, moody? Maybe you're just, you know, negative or you don't want to say anything. Okay. I pretty much said the same thing in like different ways. But ultimately, this is saying that even if and when you are in these times, you should be rejoicing. Do you know what rejoicing means? I'm going to reference something in just a moment. But rejoicing means feeling or showing great joy or delight. If you're anxious, what are you going to delight in? Like, can you even imagine in the moment of anxiety when you feel like the world is crashing around you, you feel suddenly delight, that joy? Well, that joy comes from the spirit. So we know that if we are experiencing anxiety and we're really, you know, giving into that temptation of the flesh, the spirit cannot be there in your heart as you're like feeding into that fleshly desire to be anxious and to let your mind race and do all these things. But if you just pause and just allow yourself to give the Lord all of your praise, there's something that happens. There's a transformation, right? And you know, what's interesting is that he says rejoice twice. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And rejoice is one word followed by an exclamation point. Let your reasonableness, let your gentleness, let your graciousness be known to everyone. Let your gentleness, even if you're anxious, girl, be gentle, be gracious, okay? That command to rejoice is emphasized. And we can rejoice even when we feel overwhelmed, even when we feel powerless, etc. So what does it look like? If I think about verse 6, I'm reminded of the command to pray. And to present my request to the Lord with thanksgiving, which basically means to be grateful, right? So I can focus on all the ways that I'm blessed. I can focus on all the ways that the Lord provides. I can focus on all the ways the Lord has been faithful in my life and in all the circumstances I've already been carried through by Him. I can focus on His character. And one of His characteristics, one of His attributes is faithfulness. He is faithful. He doesn't make a promise and it's void. He makes promises and keeps them. He sees them through. He's not he's not like the boyfriend who broke your heart. He's not like the dad who didn't give you the love that you needed. Okay? 
What does rejoicing do? It shifts the posture of my heart. I'm talking about me right now. When I rejoice, when I stop and I worship him, and I'm just like singing my heart out, focusing on him, I try to just picture what it would be like to be in heaven, just like in a, a crowd of people just worshiping God in heaven. And I get goosebumps and I just picture Jesus being there and us like singing and, you know, lifting our voices high and just worshiping him and giving him all the praise and all the glory. If I picture that, I can't picture the things I'm anxious about, right? Like Jesus is so much bigger than that. I just close my eyes doing that and I picture myself like in some sort of uh, an amphitheater, right? And like all of us are in really dope robes and, you know, I don't know if we'll have robes, but this is what my mind is doing. So that's where I'm at, right? Like I'm not trying to put, you know, things where they where they aren't, but that's where I go. When I get super anxious and it's paralyzing, you know, you know, if you've been listening, I start singing. We just be singing up in here. So it shifts the posture of my heart. I can't be anxious when I'm thinking about Jesus, okay? What else does rejoicing do? It allows me to move into a position of being gracious, being reasonable, right? Because when you're anxious, your mind thinks of all the craziest things. You think about things that will happen in three years in like a matter of three seconds. Kind of crazy. And I'll be gentle. I won't be a jerk to those around me. So it's just a transformation on all levels, that command to let your graciousness or your reasonableness or your gentleness to, to be visible, you know, these are all fruits of the spirit. Graciousness, it's marked by kindness and courtesy. It can be really hard to be kind when we feel overwhelmed, especially to those who we do life with regularly because your guard is down. You know, you tend to let go of the habit of holding your tongue. James chapter 1 verse 19 tells us to be slow to speak, right? But when you're anxious, you know, you might fly off the handle and tell somebody off or, you know, snap at someone you really care about because you're comfortable with them, right? So you're not so gracious because your feelings are too big. Courtesy. Graciousness is marked by kindness and courtesy. Courtesy is the showing of politeness in one's attitude and behavior toward others. Politeness. Are you polite when you're anxious? I know for me, when I get really anxious, I try not to say much because I don't want to be impolite i don't want to be disrespectful but i do withhold my love because i'm so in my head you know command to let your graciousness your reasonableness what is reasonableness marked by sound judgment or fairness and sound judgment is wisdom and james chapter 1 verse 5 says that we can ask god for the wisdom that we lack and he will give it generously reasonableness is marked by sound judgment or fairness and sound judgment is wisdom if you're worrying about all the things that haven't happened are you being wise question for you to ponder command to let your graciousness your reasonableness your gentleness gentleness is the quality of being kind of being tender or mild mannered gentleness and kindness are both listed as fruits of the spirit in galatians chapter 5 verses 22 to 23 mild mannered it's a temperance. Temperance is also a fruit of the Spirit. And the New King James Version translation says that temperance in Galatians chapter 5, verse 23 is a fruit of the Spirit. Instead of saying self-control, it says temperance. So just keep that in mind. Self-control, okay? All of these words are consistent with the word meek. Jesus was meek. Jesus is meek. And you know who else? 
you. You can be meek. Blessed are the meek, right? In the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5. I don't have the actual verse in front of me, but I'm recalling from memory, so forgive me. Why is this important? We're coming up on like 20-something minutes, so I'm going to wrap it up. Especially when you're in the midst of a moment of worry. Why is this important? I'm going to give you two reasons. In moments when we're caught up in our feelings, we tend to act in ways that appeal to our flesh. And those ways are not God's ways. God's ways are higher. It's Isaiah 55 verse 8. Doing, that's number one. Number two, doing the worrying thing is really gratifying the desires of the flesh and puts us at odds with the spirit. Okay, it's Galatians chapter 5 verses 16 to 17. So those desires include but aren't limited to being in control, right? You desire to have control over a situation, the desire to focus on yourself, you know, self-centeredness, they're contrary to the spirit. So this is important because we end up, you know, acting in ways that appeal to our flesh, number one, and those are not God's ways. And number two, it puts us at odds with the spirit. So I've dug into a lot here and I unpacked quite a bit. There are some cross-references throughout scripture. We know that in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34, Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount gives a message that is titled, Do Not Worry. In the New King James Version, it's that little, you know, area of scripture is titled, Do Not Worry. And that's directly from Jesus, all right? God knows us and he knows what we need. So seek first the kingdom of God. Turn to God first, not the world. Tomorrow has its own worries. And we will really keep worrying if we let ourselves. We will go down that road, right? Another cross-reference is in Ephesians. And it says, Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert. With all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. That's the Christian Standard Bible Version. You know, the letter to the Ephesians was written a couple years before this. The letter to the uh, Philippians was written, you know, like a year or two after. And... um. Paul was in Roman custody when he wrote both of these letters, okay? Praying in the Spirit, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, because we don't know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 26. If you don't know what to pray for when you're anxious, that's okay. The Spirit will intercede. But you can't give in to your flesh and entertain that temptation of trying to be in control and letting your mind go to all those negative places, all those places that just fill you up with angst and expect that the spirit is going to be in control because he's, he's not. But if you give it over to God in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, give it over to him, seek him. He will give you what you need. So with this in mind, be alert. First Peter chapter five, verse eight says, be sober minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. There's this war that's happening that we don't even we don't even see it. We experience it, right? The spiritual war that we don't see, we just feel. We feel ourselves torn this way and that way. And it's not necessarily that the enemy is doing anything. We live in a fallen world. You know, you're <laughs> to be honest, so many of us sometimes think like, oh, this is the enemy. 
I mean, it's all the enemy, right? Like the enemy rules this world that we are in right now. But the issue is that we were fallen creatures and in a, in Christ, we're a new creation. So there's this little thing that we, uh, it's underrated. It's an underrated struggle that we are, that we are experiencing. Our, our flesh is moving in one direction and the spirit's moving us in another. And it's like a tussle. Think about Jacob when he, he wrestled with the angel of the Lord. You know, his whole hip got dislocated. His life was spared. He walked away Israel. He limped away Israel. <laughs> but every time he's acting in his flesh, he references Jacob in the Bible. And every time he's referenced as Israel, it's because he's gone. He's taken the higher route, the higher road. So just think about that, you know. I'm not saying you have to give yourself two names, but I am saying that there's this struggle that we are all experiencing. So when you're tempted to be all wrapped up in anxiety and have your mind racing left and right and thinking about all the what ifs and what about this and blah, blah, blah. You know, you might be entertaining the old you when you're called to be a new creation. You already are in Christ. So remember that. Remember who you belong to. And uh, I pray that this is an encouragement to you. I said that at the beginning. I hope that if you had your Bible, you wrote down some of these cross-references, you can spend some time and study. And if you didn't have your Bible, if you don't, that's okay. Join me on the inside of the Facebook group. I have this already posted inside there. It's really easy to find, so I can, you know, point you in the right direction. And I just hope that you're getting your daily dose of the word every day because it is a game changer for real. I love y'all. I'm praying for you, and I am so grateful that I get to do life with you, even, even in this way, even through podcasting. So thanks for being here. I'll see you soon. Hey, sister girl, if you love today's episode, the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other Christian women who want that same support and valuable content actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses, and other services, head to HerRenewedStrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five extra tips and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.